Welcome to the Worship Leader Essentials Podcast brought to you by Worship Catalyst. We are here to help leaders learn how to do more with less. For more information or engage with us, please visit worshipcatalyst.com. We're so glad you're here today. Let's learn together. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the uh, Worship Leader Essentials Podcast, another great edition here. And I'm super pumped to be able to talk to a guy who has got a lot of burden. He's riding on his shoulders today, man. I mean, like, (laughs) he not only is the worship leader, worship pastor for his church, but he's also the technical director. And you may be saying, because you're in a small church, well, that's what every worship leader is, right? Well, the difference is, uh, he actually has that role, and he has a big team, and he has a lot of technology pieces, and... Uh, a lot of things that kind of go into making making the church run, not just on Sundays, but on a week-to-week, day-to-day basis. And so I wanted to have a conversation with my good friend, Garrett Garner, and um, and just let him fill us in on a few uh, wisdom tips that he's gotten through the years in being that front stage person as well as that tech person. And his journey to that, I think, has been pretty interesting. So anyway, how's it going, Garrett? It's great. Thanks for being on the podcast today, man. Let's just start by you telling us a little about yourself, who you are, you know, what church you serve, how long you've been doing what you do and that sort of thing. Yeah. So my name is Garrett. Uh, I am at Copperfield Church, which is in the Northwest Houston area. I think we just hit 6 million people-ish. Wow. 6 million. So it's a ginormous, still still fighting for uh, number three largest city in the nation with Chicago. Trying to beat out Chicago. Well, you know what? When I lived in Houston, the number was more like Oh, I don't know, four and a half million. And I feel like it's no way that it's grown a million and a half since then. So I think there must have been some annexing or some funny math that took place at some point. Sure. Well, our area, they're predicted to think, I think they're going to add 55,000 homes in the next three years or something. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. It's it's pretty wild. But uh, yeah, I'm the worship arts pastor uh, here at Copperfield. I've been here on staff for five years, Um, came in as a production guy. about two years into that, became a worship pastor. So it's been an interesting ride. So you got hired as a tech director, right? That was your full-time job. So there was somebody else that worship pastor at the time. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And so did the church leadership know that you had a worship leading ability? I think that was part of, at least in hindsight, they never told me that, but that was a plus was, hey, if we need you, you've got, you can play guitar, you can sing, you've done worship pastoring before. So... Yeah. Yeah. It's always good to have that guy in left field that can also play first base and stuff like that. Right. That's right. So tell us about that transition. Um, I guess the guy left or whatever. And so how did that go down where you ended up having both these roles? Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Um, at first it was pretty seamless, uh, went through some stuff, not too terribly long after that. And, and it was just normal transition, um, time for people to transition on. So we had to do a lot of rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of restructuring of what the philosophy was. Two completely different philosophies of uh, worship ministry, yeah, and what that looks like. And so, I had to uh, really figure out what my philosophy for worship ministry at Copperfield was like, yeah, and uh, very different than the last time I'd done it at a smaller church in West Texas. So it was uh, it was interesting. I think that it's interesting because. Worship leaders typically, and we'll kind of get into this in a little bit because I want you to speak into this because you've got expertise in both sides of this world. Um, 
I think typically worship leaders get hired and it's just assumed that they know a lot about technology, <laughs> you know, because that usually just gets thrown onto the plate. Uh, but you, I love your path of going backwards, like your training and your experience and your expertise and all that is in, is in being a media director. I mean, it's being technology and media and all those kinds of things. And so what is it that you love about being a worship leader? Mm. So I, I love, um, not necessarily being on the stage, but getting to be in the moment, um, getting to be that energy. You don't always get that from the back of the room, from the concert. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you do, um, but not always. And so uh, getting to be a part of that, I love playing guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love getting to be in the middle of that. Um, I don't always love leading. Uh, I'd probably, if I got my way, I'd probably just play guitar and run sound and, and be happy with it. Mm. But um, It's been a good challenge because it's also easy, especially um, being a production guy and knowing that you can do more, being a little more high capacity. It's easy to phone it in on Sundays. And I know Mm. before I came to Copperfield, uh, that was the case. I was at a church where um, not that production wasn't important. We just didn't have a lot of money to spend towards that. Yeah. Yeah. had a growing children's ministry, student ministry that needed a lot more of the funds. And so because of that, um, my hands were tied in a lot of areas as far as creativity went. And so it was walk in on Sunday, run sound, and it was going to be the same thing every week. And and so I kind of got complacent. And so having the challenge now of um, also having to lead worship within that, and say, okay, can't phone it in. You gotta, you gotta do better than just you know picking out some songs day of. You've got a whole team that's relying on you to do that and do that well and disciple them. And it's it's forced me to grow quite a bit. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I would think it, it being as smart as you are in technology, and I've seen you uh, do all those tech things. If we've done some things together, Garrett, as you know, and. Um, it seems like to me that it would be really frustrating for you to be on the platform leading worship if there's something that's not exactly right <laughs> technologically. Is that true? Oh, yeah. And uh, so people probably don't know this, but um, but you do because you were on staff there. Copperfield is a debt-free church, yeah. which is interesting because there's a lot of um, consequences that are not necessarily positive that go along with that, right. which um, mean a lot of Band-Aids. Uh-huh. So equipment that's not necessarily the best or most reliable. And uh, when you're on the platform and you are the guy that fixes that, uh, all those conversations are going through your head right in the middle of leading a song is, uh-oh, are the lyrics up? Is that camera doing what it's supposed to be doing? Is the projector right. even working? Um, I catch myself quite a bit figuring out how to look at one of the screens through my uh, peripheral vision and mm-hmm. know what's going on or what's not going on. Yep. There's probably a few times if you go back and watch our live stream that you can see me uh, reach down and try to send a text message while praying or something. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Lord, please forgive me for that one. Yeah. Well, you could either pray for the problem to be fixed or you can send a text to somebody to fix the problem, right? That's right. Sometimes it's both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe you can multitask. You can pray and text at the same time, right? That's also true, yeah. So um, what do you love about media? I mean, this has been your life for a really long time. So what do you love about it? Oh, man, I, I love getting to solve problems. Um, mm. I love getting to solve problems when there's not a ton of stress. 
Uh, I can do both, but when I get to sit and sort out a, an issue and figure out how to do that better, um, that's really exciting to me. Yeah. Um, we had a trying to figure out how to do our, uh, our curriculum for our small groups at Copperfield and how to do that better. And um, it, it looked like what we we're going to need to do is spend about $60,000 on a project uh, to be able to make all of our classrooms a uniform design where they could all have the same technology and any group could walk in and use it. And I knew it wasn't going to be super user friendly. It was going to cost a lot of money and a lot of time. And we didn't really have that. And um, during, during this last year, uh, I was actually able to sit down and, and phone in our IT vendor and a couple other guys picked their brains and we came up with a totally other solution for about a 10th of the price. Oh, wow. Nice. Super happy. And got to beta test that with some senior adult ladies and, and they loved it. <laughs> I was like, all right. So well, if the senior adults love it. We're good. Right. Yeah. So that's how, you know, you won is you on board <laughs> and, and it's fantastic. I, I love doing stuff like that and going, yes, we figured that out. We got that working and, uh, and we did a good job at it. Um, trying to do that in the middle of a service when something's basically on fire, yeah. not as much fun, but right. <laughs> definitely an adrenaline rush. Right. That's super awesome, man. I love that. All right. So I want to get to some solutions, you know, as we kind of think about this, because a lot of people are in your shoes, probably not as in a biggest situation, but you know, we worship leaders have to know how to turn on soundboards and things like that. But before we before we get into that, any of the you know ways to make all of that possible, what are what are a few things that make being a worship leader and a technical director difficult simultaneously? Uh, I think the first one is time. Okay, it's, it's super hard um, for any job, secular, uh, in the church, whatever, to to do two different full-time jobs at the same time. And I think even if you're at a small church, even if you're at a church plant, um, both of those jobs can be full-time because it depends on what you're doing. Um, production is far more than just Sunday morning. You are, depending on the size of your church, most likely handling everything that comes through the door. Right. And even at the size of our church, uh, yesterday I was working on electrical with our uh, volunteer electrician team. Uh, some days it's plumbing. So <laughs> like, Oh, that guy has tools. He's going to do it. Uh, just depends. So you got that and, and you're trying to um, support the entire rest of the staff. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's, that's very hard. And then as a worship pastor, you're also trying to plan out services, trying to get those ahead of time, trying to make sure you're um, spending time in the word. Um, trying to have meetings with people that's difficult for both production and uh, worship, but as well as uh, my third one would be resources. Okay. So that's probably one of the most difficult is figuring out who gets what out of the same budget. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's easy, especially for me to say, Oh, well, if it's if uh, production gets this out of the budget, then that's going to be better for the worship team. But maybe there was something that the worship team needed uh, resource wise or training wise that would have better suited them than, you know, a technology fix that could have waited. 
Yeah. Those are tough decisions always to make, you know, what are some of the way, what are some of the things that you do with your team, your tech team to make sure that you can do your job of going to God and taking other people with you as a worship leader and making sure that they can accomplish their job. So one of the things that I've had to do is, is just learn to trust them. I know that they're going to do the best that they can do. And that will most likely, or I'll say definitely includes mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Mistakes, mistakes are okay. We're going to strive for excellence, but perfection is not our goal. Right. It's good. So I have to trust them that even if the building's burning down, they're going to do whatever they can make the right decision. Uh, I think a few weeks ago we had a problem where um, cameras weren't switching or something, but the lyrics were working. And so they understood, I just have to keep making sure the lyrics are going. Even if the camera is pointing at the floor, yeah, lyrics are still going. And I think for me, the second part of that is knowing I have their back. So mm-hmm. when people start coming up to me after the service saying, well, that was terrible because yeah. I was like, hey, but the lyrics were still going. You were still able to worship. Does it really matter what was on screen? Right. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't what we wanted um, and it wasn't good. And they eventually figured out the problem. But in the meantime, they didn't stop the whole service to try and figure out the problem. They understood I have to keep this going in the meantime. And so having their back and trusting them um, is, a, is a pretty big deal. Yeah. How do you go about training uh, tech people in your in your setting? How does that work where somebody wants to be on the tech team? And what do you have? You have like, you have camera, camera operators? And- we have a pro presenter. We okay. have lighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have audio in the room. We have yep. some producing the service. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're, we're remodeling it a little bit right now, but we, we also have a broadcast team that's okay. handling all of our video switching for the room and for online, as well as audio going out to online. Um, well, that's become a new role. Yeah. A lot of churches didn't have until a year and a half ago, huh? Yes, sir. So let's talk about how you train. Like, how does that work? So somebody shows up and or somebody gets recruited and they're there. Then what do you do with them to get them ready? Yeah. So my goal would be that I, that I never actually train them. And in the goal reason behind that goal is that I'm hoping that I'm discipling my leadership staff within that volunteer team, mm-hmm. that they just keep discipling past that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you look at our structure as a production and worship team, um, we have five leaders that are running both the band and the production team. And I'm over the top of them, but those five people are spreading out and reaching way more people than I can, uh, yeah. which is the discipleship tree. Um, and so that would be the hope. Now that's not always the reality, especially as things change um, really quickly. Within the last year, we have had to uh, change all of our technology. We were already streaming, but every week something would change. Uh, pastoral staff would decide to change the format of the service, which might mean a whole what? change. That never happens, Garrett. We uh, So we had <laughs> a virtual atrium experience, okay. which is um, there's a couple hosts, sometimes with guests, and they were in a remote location. Mm-hmm. And they would uh, do the front and the back end of the service. And they were on Facebook Live which uh, was pretty interesting as well because there was about a 90 second delay. 
So they had, Oh to my gosh, that. they're trying to have conversations with people online and knowing that they have a minute and a half to figure oh. out how to do that. And That's like somebody at Mars or the moon oh, yeah. or something like delay is incredible. And, and they did it. They figured it out within a few weeks. They had it, had it down. Um, but we moved that studio location. I think I added up yesterday five times. <laughs> and so just the, the technology of, we got to get wires there and we have to get wires there in a way that doesn't interrupt every other ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're doing that. We still, uh, we had some outdoor services during the fall. We still did virtual atrium then. And so we had to figure out how to pull that off outside as well as a whole outdoor setup at yeah. 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, so it was a, it was a challenge. So there's been a lot of ongoing training that I've had to do as I'm learning it or as I'm setting up, figuring it out. Uh, but we also have a whole list of resources that um, we're actually re-figuring out how to redistribute those to our team. Um, but uh, resources we subscribe to. Okay. Yeah. That's great. And uh, maybe if you would you know, t- send me some of those. I'll put those in the show notes because yeah. it could be that those are some resources that some of the people listening uh, to the podcast would like to, you know, at least check out and see if there's some things that their church can use as well. That's, that's awesome. Been a, that's been a huge thing I've seen throughout the pandemic is you had yeah. a lot of um, really big named uh, audio engineers mm-hmm. out there, secular and Christian, both that uh, realized, hey, I, I'm not getting to work. I'm not getting to go out on tour. Um, but I can donate that time to people at churches. I can give away my knowledge, my training. Why would I hold that to myself? That's great. And so all of that's become available. Um, you just have to look for it and yeah, I can show you what we've got. You know, in a lot of churches, especially small ones, Garrett, there's, um, there's kind of a situation where the, uh, worship leader, like I said, kind of has that role over the technology or whatever. And yet there sometimes seems to be a little bit of a struggle with, you know, the sound person who maybe has, you know, been running sound for a long time or something like that. Uh, And how would you recommend a church? What leadership flow would you recommend in a church? You know what I mean? Would you, would you recommend like a media director, even in a small church, like somebody that's fully in charge of the whole tech team, or would you recommend having the worship leader play that role? I mean, there's a lot of ways maybe to think about that, or maybe five or six different leaders that are in charge of each of the various technical disciplines. What do you think would be best? Uh, That's interesting. And I think it depends on, on your needs specifically at your church. Um, For our church, like I said, we're doing the, the volunteer tree. Um, it would definitely be easier if I had somebody paid that understood all of video and someone that right. understood all of, I mean, I, I know that stuff. Um, I have a list of people that I call for each of those disciplines uh, when mm-hmm. I have a problem that they're experts at lighting or video or audio or whatever. Um, so th- I think that just depends on the size. Yeah. Because the technology changes too. I mean, okay. you get a church where you've got a, an iPhone that's doing your, your video and that could be run by the same person that's running audio. Um, so I think that just depends on your size. However, I, I am a huge proponent 
of the protection team having some kind of representation among your uh, leadership pastoral staff. Okay. And that was a struggle for me when I first got to Copperfield. Mm -hmm. I was totally reliant on worship pastor coming back and having a separate meeting with me and telling me what was going to happen. And that just, even if intentions are right, it doesn't always happen that way. Yeah, that's good. And and it's awful to expect somebody else to have a whole nother meeting Mm -hmm. to tell the production staff. And they're thinking about different things, different questions need to be asked. I think it was a little annoying at first when I, when I came into that meeting, um, because there was a lot more no's that were said. And, um, I had to learn how to word those no's in the right way. (laughs) Hey, I'm not telling you no, because I don't want to do it. I'm telling you no, because we may not be able to pull that off or not be able to pull it off in the way that would make you proud of your product. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's a big, big deal. And I, I was trying to remember, I want to say it was the podcast I listened to last week, which was, uh, Jeff nail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about the difference, uh, you get with being a pastor versus just a worship leader. Yeah. Um, being able to bring vision. Mm. I think that's a huge deal. Um, for your production team too. They have to understand, yes, they are worship leaders. They are part of the worship team. Um, and, and they have to, someone has to bring that vision to them. And not saying a, a production technical guy can't do that, mm-hmm. but someone that has the authority and the understanding of a pastor, it definitely helps quite a bit. Yeah, that's so good, man. Casting vision in all areas, you know, all levels of every organization is so important, but that I feel like a lot of times, especially in small and new churches, the vision for the tech team is get it set up, turn it on, make sure there's no feedback and you're good, you know? And so I love that you're saying cast vision, you know, make that a priority to let them know the value of what, you know, what technology means, what it's for, why we do it. Um, You know, the, you know, the, the spiritual dynamic of it and the desire of God to have a relationship with all of the tech people and how God uses the technology to connect people with Jesus. And that's why it's so important. And all those kinds of things that probably just don't get said enough because what's normally getting said is, does this work? Check, Mike, check, 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 you know, and that's pretty much the extent of our, you know, communication. Right. Well, um, if you're uh, just a couple of more things here, Garrett, I really appreciate your time uh, today, but you know, so you're talking to a worship leader right now who's listening uh, to the podcast, a couple of things. First thing I want to get you to kind of just speak into is, you know, if they have also the tech duties um, of the church, they're in charge of that team or whatever, what is one thing that you would say like right now that they should make sure that they do? I think you got to figure out how to communicate. Hmm. Have to figure out how to communicate. Um, I have worked with worship pastors before as the production guy and I'm a little bit unique because I understand both sides. I understand how to talk creatively and technically. Um, But I know plenty of people that don't and that can come across as very harsh. And I know so many tech people who've walked away because they've been treated as um, nothing yeah, and, and just awful. And that person is really there to help that worship leader do their job. And it's like, I don't understand why you treat them bad in the first place, but yeah, stress is stress. So 
Okay. That's great, man. Communication. That's the key. And you know, another, you know, you and I both know Mike Michalczyk and he's our national media director for worship catalyst. And he also has been on a few of these podcasts and that is the key that he talks about as well is that whole communication thing between whoever's in charge of technology and whoever's in charge of the stage. That's gotta be like this perfect marriage. And when it's not, man, it just gets to be disunity. And then the enemy steps in and, uh, and then sometimes we have to step in between people. (laughs) When it gets too bad, I've had to do that. Yep. I know you have too. All right. So last thing, man, just speaking to a new worship leader, just put on your worship leader hat for a second. Uh, yep. Somebody that hasn't been down that road too much. Uh, kind of what's uh, one or two things that you consistently do to get better as a worship leader? Uh, training, always training, always listening. Um, I'm not a big reader. If my wife Kim were here right now, she'd tell you I don't read at all, which yeah. is- technically true, but <laughs> I'm pretty bad at reading. Yeah. Um, so I think whatever you can do to find and take whatever that is for you, um, if that's podcast, if that's training videos, um, there are some fantastic ones out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's free stuff, there's paid stuff, uh, just as much as you can take in to figure that out. Um, also, figure out how to spend your time when you are working, um, pouring into people and learning. That's so good. Yeah. Right. I know that I've got a volunteer that, uh, has been at the church since you were at Copperfield. Um, and, uh, even this last Sunday, he gave me input on something and, um, I have to have to be, um, strong enough to know, Hey, he's not being discouraging. He's mm-hmm. trying to tell you, Hey, if you do this, you'll be better. It's good. How to weed those people out uh, from the people that just want to tell you how to make them feel better. (laughs) Yeah, no, I understand. That's great insight, man. That's awesome. Well, hey, Garrett, thanks for your time. Uh, Really appreciate it. Thankful for what you're doing there in Houston, Texas. Six million working on the third biggest city in the country. We'll see. Maybe pass up Chicago. All right, man. Well, God bless you, brother. Thanks for your time and uh, have a have a great week. And for those of you listening, uh, thanks for joining again to the Worship Leader Essentials podcast. And we'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. God bless you. See you soon.